back in Genesis when there was brothers named Cain and Abel. And it says Abel brought a good gift to God. He brought a lamb, the, the first lamb, firstborn lamb. And of course, we know Cain brought a disappointing gift to God. God said, I, I love your gift, Abel. And we know what happened. It made Cain so mad that he killed his brother. And so there's this whole beginning of the lamb being a sacrifice. But for there, it was a sacrifice for one man, Abel. And then if you move into the book of uh, Exodus, or let's go later in Genesis chapter 22, and it tells about Abraham. It tells about Isaac. And it says that when Isaac was there, that God, prevail, God prepared a animal caught in the thicket and it says God will provide Jehovah Jireh think about that it says God's going to provide and so in that we see all that we need whatever you're going through the the song said this morning thank you all that worked through that and put that together because it's about God will provide God will take care of us I don't know about you but sometimes things in life will get us down and we say, God, I know you might take care of them or them or them, but will you really take care of me? But it tells us that God will provide. And then we notice, if you move to Exodus chapter 12, it says that in the Passover, the blood was to be put on the doorpost. That means that God would provide for a family. It started individual, but atonement is growing. It's growing, and now it's a family. And then if you move further, you will notice that it tells us in Isaiah that it's there, and it's Isaiah 53, 7, that it's growing till it's God's grace or atonement during that time for a nation. God's atonement for a nation. But then we come to John chapter 1, verse 29, when it says, that the Lamb of God, Jesus, will be the one that will provide atonement for the whole world. We used to sing a song that says, Whosoever surely meaneth me. Whosoever means each one of us individually. But God's providing for a nation. We also notice that in, uh, as we go through life, Sometimes we will get to the place that we, we kind of have a time that we're not quite sure of what all is involved. But it tells us there that, that this lamb in the book of Revelation, the lamb glorified or bring glory. And that's when it's for all the Christians around the world will come together and worship God. So when you follow this through, even though it's all right there in that one verse, we have to understand that the Lamb is our eternal message. That in all of the muck of life, 
We just had a minister's retreat, and one of the speakers talked about how he likes to garden now. And, and in gardening, he, he keeps all the, the pillings and the cores of stuff, and he puts it in his compost. And he just kind of keeps putting this stuff, or leaves and whatever, in his compost, and waits, and it, it just kind of does what it does until spring. And he takes that stuff out and he puts it on his garden and up from that comes, becomes peppers and tomatoes and all kinds of vegetables. You see, in life, sometimes we feel like we're living in the compost of life. You know? The compost of life. It's kind of, matter of fact, the first time I got dirt uh, that I thought was dirt and it said it was made in Columbus, Ohio from compost. And I started figuring out what compost was. And I'm not sure I wanted any more compost. But God takes all this stuff in our lives and he uses it for his glory. He uses it so we can grow, so we can develop. And I am afraid sometimes we curse the compost of life. Because we want to get to the beauty of life. And I, I, I think the beauty of life is wonderful. But uh, we just got to spend a little time with our granddaughter. And uh, whew, I forgot how much five-year-olds move. <laughs> I told Peggy, we're going to figure this thing out. We're going to take shifts. <laughs> she takes three hours while I nap. <laughs> I take 15 minutes while she naps. <laughs> then it's her turn again. But I watch this, you know, all this stuff going on, and, and we think about that, and we realize life. And so we see that the lamb, it says, behold, look at the lamb. Observe the lamb. Develop this relationship with the lamb who taketh away. What's this taketh away? It's an Old Testament term where we get the word sin bearer, that he bears the sin. And it's a beautiful thought that, you see, sometimes we think we have to keep carrying the burden, the compost of life, and God says, I want to give you, I love what our daughter-in-law said in her speech just the other day, God wants us to develop a strong relationship with him even in the midst of cancer. See, sometimes we say, wait till this stuff's over, and then I'll get closer to God. And God says, no, no, no. You, what happens is this. You will depend on me even in the muck of life. The taketh away or take away. It's the sin bearer. And then it says, the sins of the world, or the sin, excuse me, sin, not plural, sin of the world. So what is sin? We have a lot of definitions that are in the Bible. One is, is missing the mark. It's like we have our eyes set on the mark, and then we miss the mark. Why do sometimes we miss the mark? I believe it's because, I don't know about you, but the other church, they said, write your name over at Lifeline, and what your name represents. And I put, doing Because I'm always doing, 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 doing. And I believe that if we 
are always doing, then it's hard for us. Matter of fact, it's hard for me, and I'm just being transparent, it's hard for me to depend on God sometimes because I have, a, in my opinion, a great mind, a strong body, a lot of education, and I can do it myself. And God says, no, you can't. You're not as good as you think you are. Matter of fact, my wife and I was talking, coming from the other church. God has blessed me with a phenomenal memory. Most people I meet, I can remember names. It just goes on and on. And, and Bible facts. And matter of fact, I guess say I'm a connoisseur of useless facts. I mean, I just, you know, somebody said, oh, yeah, that's where so-and-so was born, or that's where baseball was invented, or that's where football, you know. I mean, I just used those facts. And then I find out, for some reason, more recently, I'm not as remembering like I once did. They can call it age. (laughs) I hate that. They can call it too busy. That might be true. But anyhow, when we do this, then all of a sudden we realize we're not as in control as we thought we were. And so sin is missing the mark. Sin is falling short. I mentioned our five-year-old granddaughter. She She is almost perfect in every way. She's amazing. She'll tell you. I told her one day, I said, you're terrific. And she said, Grandpa... My mama says, I'm amazing, terrific, absolutely adorable. I mean, she has like five synonyms, verbs, uh, verbs that, uh, anyhow. But our daughter, they, you know, you know, my daughter-in-law, Shara, had cancer, and so she's not going to be able to have any more children. And they were talking about adopting. And my five-year-old granddaughter started having little visions of what it was going to be to have a little sister. And so they said, Harper... We're taking classes so we can learn how to adopt a baby, a little girl, so you'll have a little sister. And Harper says, I don't like that. (laughs) I don't feel good about that. They said, well, why? And she said, because. I know what will happen. She'll have pinchable cheeks. And people come up and say, oh, look at those cheeks. And she said, but I don't have pinchable cheeks. My cheeks are skinny. And then you'll look at her and say, oh, look at that curly hair. She's got such curly hair. And Harper said, but I don't have curly hair. My hair's straight. I don't think it's a good idea. And then they talked a little bit more. They said, well, what if we bring your little sister home? She said, I'll tell you what. You bring her home. And she doesn't do what I tell her to do. And it's going to be bop, 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 bop. That little angel turned into a terrorist. (laughs) And the sad thing is, that can happen to every one of us. Do you realize? We can't imagine. But without the grace of God, we could become horrible People doing dastardly deeds. Not me. Oh, yeah. So it's to miss the mark. 
Sin is rebellion against God. He says, he says he'll take care of the rebellion against God. When we follow the Lamb, we no longer say, it's my way. I think we do not have as much atheism and all the other isms as we do meism. Think about that. Meism. My way. My wants. Me, 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 me. And so we see that it's, it's this rebellion against God. It's falling short of God's glory. You see, God has a plan for our life. And when we have this issue with sin, then something happens and we fall short of God's glory. It's stepping over the bounds, the boundaries. And you see then, to sum it all up, I believe John Wesley came up with the most beautiful term said, what is sin? And Wesley said, it is the point we reach where it's a willful transgression against the known will of God. Think about that. When we know what is right and we willfully say, I'm going to do what I want to do. And we trample on the grace of God. It will lead us down the wrong road. It'll lead us to destruction. And I believe that you see when it says that they asked John the Baptist, why are you here? And he said, behold, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins or the sin of the world. I got to speak uh, devotion and while we were in Israel and we were down by the Jordan River we're a baptismal site, and we had these wonderful singers from our church in Brooklyn, New York. It's amazing, and I think about half the choir was on this trip, and, and they were just singing. It was so powerful. Until all kinds of groups joined us till this baptismal area was just filled with, I suppose, hundreds of people listening to them sing. Well, then I was supposed to do the devotion. And I was doing the devotion, a very short version of what I just gave you today. And uh, I was talking about Jesus coming and John being there and the anticipation. And there may have even been those lambs on the hillside and those lambs would be there. And John's talking about the lamb of God. And they're thinking about the lamb and they're thinking about the sacrifice that the lamb would be making in the temple and all that was going on. And I turned and I said, and there he is. Behold, the Lamb of God. And all these people from all the nations turned to look to see who was coming. And I want you to know, there will be a day when every one of us will do the same thing. We'll look to the Lamb of God. I, I want you to know something. I think that there's one of the beautiful songs is, What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I know God's Holy Spirit has already moved here this morning. But I want us to stand. We're going to have somebody come. I think they're just going to play the guitar at this time. But as you stand with me, I'd like for you to do that now. Uh, we're going to play this song. And if you, uh, if you have a need in your heart, 
If you have something that's going on and you've come to the place where some have already done and said, this burden is too heavy for me, I'm going to turn it over to God. It might be that you were invited here this morning or you may have just been coming here a few weeks and you think, what's this church all about? I'll tell you what it's about. It's people coming to know Jesus Christ and following them all the days of their life so that when this life is over, we can spend eternity with him forevermore. If that's not your life right now, if there's things going on and, and you feel like you're like living in the compost of life, you're not really feeling very good about God and about life, I invite you to come as we play this song. I'm going to pray a prayer, and then if you feel like coming during that prayer, please do after that prayer, and someone will come and pray with you. Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you do in our life. We thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for how you work in us and through us, and we just pray right now on the authority of your word. Whatever the need may be here, there's some that are so discouraged, some that have gone through a, a time of brokenness, and they're, they're in the middle of that right now. They're crying, does anyone care? Is there any hope for me? And we can say there's hope in Jesus. Holy Spirit, speak to hearts, we pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Amen.